0: Ladies and gentlemen welcome into another episode of college football pod here with the betting predators. This is week number 14. I am your host Justin Rodriguez you can find me on Twitter at coach one I am blessed and humbled as always to be joined for 14 straight weeks with the professional himself he's my uncle. That's Dave Essler. You can find him on Twitter at Dave underscore Esler. Uncle Dave, we are getting into a critical time in the season. This is championship week. How do you feel? We've made it this far.
1: Um, I think I'm, I'm just glad that you and I have made it this
0: far without bankrupting anybody, to be honest with you. Well, that's the number one goal, but we can only give advice, free advice that is uh, we can't control what people do with their money.
1: Uh, yeah, I know, but uh, you know, I, you know, me and my clients know me. I, I do take it personally. I I, I take my free plays I give out on Twitter as personally when they lose as I do, you know, a, a game of the year type play that I really do like. So, you know, yeah, we hope that they, we hope they make money by something we said and hope that continues for our 14th week.
0: In the illustrious words of the great Billy Bean, according to Moneyball, at least, I hate losing more than I like winning. Is that accurate? That's very accurate. Well, we have a great slate of games here. It's championship week, like we talked about. Before we dive into them, Uncle Dave, I do want to talk about this from a betting perspective. Uh, the games have been narrowed down, which mean more casual eyes on the game and probably more casual money. Um, are we looking at this time of the year a little bit differently when it comes to tickets and cash late on these games? Yeah,
1: as a matter of fact, I was going to talk about that a little bit, I think, in the I think in the uh, the Oregon game, maybe I'm not sure. But uh yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you get a lot of early public money like you would any week, but the pot's a little bigger. And obviously, because there's only a handful of games, you know, the handle that would normally be spread over 50 games is spread over a handful. So what you're gonna have is a more liquid market later in the week, and, and that in some cases makes it a little easier to understand what's going on with the money
0: absolutely this is a you know I'm no bookie because we hate bookies but um, this is the week uh, or the time of the month where my casual friends say hey j can you can you put in 50 here for me or 100 here and I just take it most of the time I don't even lay it for them and uh, I like to collect on that uh, sorry to my friends that are listening uh, I, I guess I should be a little nicer huh, Uncle Dave
1: well you know the beauty of that is you can you can you can dictate the point spread
0: yeah yeah because they're they're getting theirs off the cbs for anybody that
1: wants georgia it's minus seven for anybody that wants alabama it's plus six and a half
0: we all know bookies that give us those hooks when they know that they're non-existent but uh thus is the nature of the business uh let's jump right in first game this is on friday OK, little sneak peek of the weekend. We have number 10, Oregon Ducks. They're 10 and 2. This is a neutral site game going to be played in the glorious stadium there in Las Vegas, Nevada. They're going up against number 17, Utah, 9 and 3. Opening line, Utah, minus 3 over under 60. Current line, Utah, minus 3 as well over under 58. Uncle Dave, is this deja vu here or what's going to happen?
1: Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot going on here. I mean, I'm not sure by what scenario, but, you know, I think Oregon might have at least a a chance at the final four. I'm not sure. And Utah doesn't. So I could argue that Utah can play with a little bit less pressure and obviously pay back for two weeks ago when Utah smoked them. But, you know, those are things everyone knows and probably know that Utah isn't the same team on the road. So it's an obvious Oregon bet. Or isn't it? You know, I don't know. Utah on the road this season. I know it's not a true road game, but it's, it's not in Utah. You know, they lost at BYU. They lost at San Diego State. They lost at Oregon State. They beat a terrible Arizona team by nine, and they let Arizona score 29 points. I don't know anybody did that. Um, you know, I, I know we've got the lower-ranked team as favorites. I know that's a yellow flag. But Utah is not going to run for over 200 yards like they did against Oregon earlier. And, you know, that game was as close to the biggest home game for the Utes maybe ever. You know, on the flip side, I'm not sure, aside from beating Ohio State, is there a, really a win that looks, you know, worse now after seeing what Michigan did to Ohio State? You know, that I see, I don't see a truly dominant win really by Oregon. You know, I think, I think it's Utah playing this game with nothing to lose and given their history of being good on the road, but not great. I think that's always a dangerous team to play. You know, and as much as I like Oregon, I always have, I trust Utah more. Um, Especially seeing how Oregon let Oregon State get that game last week closer than it need to be, so a couple of things here. I like. I'm, I'm leaning Oregon because I think that venue with the with the turf might um might give them a speed advantage because they're obviously a quicker team. But what I think I'm going to do, and we just talked about it, is I might let this play out because the market's kind of shaded to Oregon, and you know if it's still going that way later in the week when it is a much more liquid market, I might have to take the ducks.
0: If that line is three or over for me, I am uh, giving a strong lean to Oregon. And this is just from a a football perspective, coaching's perspective. Um, You hate to see a good team twice. And even though Utah throttled Oregon, they were at home, the situation was right. It was a night game, yada, yada, yada. Everything seemed to go in their way. Uh, They ran the ball great. Uh, They got the uh, key turnovers, which you need, which I know you think those aren't necessarily luck. But me, I think they have uh, a little combination of luck to them Um, you never want to see a good team twice and uh, this is a Mario Cristobal analysis for me I believe in Mario I think he's a great coach I think he will make the necessary adjustments and um, I know Utah doesn't have anything to play for but Oregon does and um, they have a new recruiting battle uh, that they have to take on with uh, our uh, Mr. Sooner Lincoln Riley uh, heading to USC they're on national stage on Friday night. I think this means to a lot of the recruiting that they have to do going into the offseason. They do have an outside chance into the playoffs. I think Oregon's going to be much more motivated, and I'm just leaning on the coaching staff to make the proper adjustments. I, I don't think they're that bad of a team that lost uh, two weeks ago by that many points.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree with you, and that's a great point about recruiting. You know, that's another sort of intangible thing there. I mean, that doesn't necessarily transcend to the players, but um, it's certainly. It's certainly
0: in there somewhere.
1: And I hadn't thought about that. So kudos for that.
0: Yeah. And then one thing I just want to mention on a personal note, and this kind of tells you how hard this is. Uh, the listeners may not know, but Uncle Dave, you know how much time and effort I put into this, especially my best bets. Two weeks ago, I had Utah, and they covered by what, 27 points or something like that. Then my best bet this week, South Carolina, couldn't even score one point against Clemson. And that's how it goes sometimes, huh? Yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I was, I was layering
1: that. I mean, I, I think I might have said it. And if I didn't, I'm going to say it again. I was, I was leery of that line being so high because I didn't expect it. And oftentimes, you know, it's that high for a reason. And obviously it was, you know, I, I think I might have felt better taking South Carolina if it was seven,
0: but, you know, obviously hindsight always wins. No doubt. I believed in the situation. You told me that they do magical things some there, some, there sometimes, and they did something pretty magical. They put up a goose egg, but <laughs> uh, we'll go ahead and move on. I
1: would have been, been right there with you because I didn't love it, but I
0: did like it. Right. No, I got gotcha. you. Um, I just wanted to point that out to show you even when you dedicate so much time, how hard this game is to win at. So, uh, but uh, nobody's going to be crying for me and uh, I'm not going to take the sympathy. So let's move on. We have number nine, Baylor. They're 10 and two. This is neutral side as well. They're playing in Dallas. So kind of a home game there for Baylor. They're going to be playing number five, Oklahoma state, 11 and one opening line, Oklahoma state minus six and a half over under 50 Current line, Oklahoma State minus five and a half over under 46 and a half. Um, it was Oklahoma State who put the final dagger into the Sooners and Riley, but Baylor's been playing exceptionally well. I love their coaching staff and their offense. I'm gonna take the points here. What about you, Uncle Dave?
1: Yeah, I think I'm probably going to as well. You know, I I said weeks ago, watch out for Oklahoma State. Um, you know, they could they could get into the final four, and you know, here we are. And, and I like both teams. I, I'm just I wasn't sure I could fade. Oklahoma State, you know, I've been on them all season, um, and, you know, after playing like shit against Oklahoma, but they still come back to win, I, I have to think that they have that much confidence, honestly, and, you know, this is a rematch game, obviously, from uh, a game that Oklahoma State won by 10 in Stillwater, uh, so based on that, Baylor gets revenge or no, you know, again, that's a well-known fact, it's factored into the line, betters know it, books know it, so the challenge, I think you got to find an edge they don't know about, I mean, I harp on that, but that's how it goes. You know, Baylor's only other loss was that anomaly to uh, a motivated TCU team the the day or so after Patterson stepped on. So, you know, it's hard to fade them too. But, you know, I don't like how they struggled at home last week to tech as huge favorites in a game they obviously had to win. Um, It's hard to trust Oklahoma State to get margin on a good Baylor defense. So, you know, I think this is one of those games that I do see both teams coming out a little conservative, not wanting to make the big mistake. You know, they're both – they both obviously would prefer to run and, and both have superior run defenses. So right now I like the first half under, uh, and I'm with you, uh, low scoring game. I don't see, I don't see margin. I would, I would probably take the points.
0: Yeah, the biggest red flag for me is that this line dropped three and a half points, and it seems like it could come down even more. Um, when we get a low-scoring game in general, obviously, I think uh, uh, the natural selection is to take the team with the points because there's going to be less points to be had. Um, when you already see a low-scoring total with two teams who presumably can score at will, at some times, like Oklahoma State and Baylor can, um, are, are, do you always lean, or is that just not a plug-and-play um, with taking the points in a low-scoring total?
1: I don't think it's a plug and play ever. Um, You know, I wish it was that easy. Um, You know, that's my first look, but you know, how many times do we see the favorite and the under, I mean, this game at like 46 ish, I mean, it could easily end up, you know, Baylor 27 to 14 and and stay under. So, you know, in this case, you know, I don't know that I would take what is now a bad number when I could have had more. Uh, It's probably still good. But, you know, I don't think anything's a plug and play. That would be my biggest takeaway. Um, I wish, you know, I I wish we wouldn't have to do podcasts. We could just do
0: it. (laughs) Yeah, just give out winners. We'd make a lot more money that way. Right. Wouldn't have to do it for free.
1: Uh, Well, any any money is more than free.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Okay, we're going to go ahead and move on. Now, for those that you don't follow Uncle Dave on Twitter, you need to, because he's been stepping out a little bit, doing videos coming into the new era of technology. They got great Wi-Fi at the assisted living facility that he stays at. So he's able to reach out to all the followers. Um, And he has made a stance on Twitter about this next game. He cannot wait to see all the people running to the ticket line to take Georgia. And Uncle Dave, they have. We have number one, Georgia Bulldogs. They are 12-0. This is a neutral site game they're going to be playing in Atlanta. They're facing number three, Alabama. 11-1 on the year, coming off a miraculous win against Auburn. Opening line, minus 3.5 for the Bulldogs, over under 51. Current line, Georgia minus 6.5, over under 49.5. Uncle Dave, you stake the claim that you're probably going to be on the crimson tide here, and the number just keeps on getting better and better. Tell me what you like about it.
1: Well, funny thing is that, um, you know, and I saw some indirect tweets. Can't wait to see what I have to say about this, but they weren't directed at anyone in particular. They, they like to think they are, but I saw a couple of threads in the forums and a few other places that were just, they went on for, uh, for hours about all being on Georgia. And, you know, we know how that usually ends when, when everybody's on one side. So, That was my sort of, yeah, I love seeing everybody on Georgia because I lean Alabama, you know, and I guess, you know, the question here is how many points is enough for the books to get people to bet against Georgia? I mean, you know, don't forget the last time Alabama lost an SEC championship game was in 2008, a game I was at actually that was pre-assisted living, you know, and Georgia's been here five of the last 10 years. They're one and four in these big games. Don't forget, Georgia winning the SEC East has almost been by default. Uh, so these are all things I'd look at in an attempt to not take Georgia. You know, the only real question is, is this year's UGA team that much different? I mean, they always have a good defense. Of course, their offense is better than ever, but, you know, look at their schedule. I I default to their almost auto win the SEC East. In fact, I could argue the best defense they played this year was Clemson and not even an SEC team. And, did they really face a good offense? Yeah, I don't, I don't think they did. I mean, I could argue that Alabama doesn't have a great offense and and their defense is suspect, but you know, maybe we're holding them to a stand of a previous Alabama teams. I mean, they certainly don't suck. I mean, going in you know, I had Georgia with the better situation, of course, you know, they had a cakewalk against tech last week and obviously um, Alabama somehow found a way to win at Auburn. Um, but because they found a way to win, I mean, Uh, win a game they probably had no business winning I actually think that that might give them a competitive advantage mentally Um, it also showed they can play with their backs against the wall Um, something georgia hasn't had to do so i wonder how georgia will react if alabama gets ahead early you know i don't mean the first touchdown but you know say it's say it's 10-7 their halftime or whatever you know so, so for that reason you know i would take uncle nick i mean georgia's been favored by 14 or more in every game since week one they they haven't been tested You know, uh, the last time Alabama was an underdog 2015 to Georgia game, they won 38 to 10. You know, I think Alabama being underdogs will also be a motivator. They know what the spread is. I mean, uh, Georgia reads their hype machine and thinks all they got to do is show up, you know, Alabama reads the scoreboard. So, you know, I kind of look at this as, you know, sorry to the rest of the USA, just like my Patriots, maybe they won't go away that easy. So yeah, I, I do think I like Alabama.
0: I told you early in our podcasting career um, this season that I made the grave mistake of betting on Manti Teo and his fake girlfriend plus 13 and a half against Alabama when they had the best defense of the nation and I'll never do it again. So I'm not touching this line, uncle Dave. I do however, think that this is a fully motivated. And of course you're going to be Kirby smart team. Um, we know that they're going to be in the playoffs, no matter what, whether they be win or lose Alabama might be playing a little bit more motivated just because even if they do lose, we'd like to think that the committee is going to put them in, but it would be the the first two loss team to actually make a playoff. So that has to be at least lingering in the minds of some people with Alabama.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would agree with that. You know, if Alabama loses, you know, 21, 17, or, you know, pick a number and it's, you know, a tight game the whole way, um, you know, do they really discount Alabama that much because Georgia is that good. You know, I guess we'll see about, you know eight o'clock saturday night
0: yeah and for that reason um i actually am going to play the under here these are just two elite defensive uh units uh five-star athletes across the board um auburn posted great defense himself um i don't want to necessarily say they showed the blueprint of what to do to alabama but they definitely were effective and kirby smart um is is going to take every advantage he can with the knowledge that he has from what Alabama does. Um, I like the under, do you like the under uncle Dave, or am I just being a little bullish um, with the reputation of the defenses?
1: Yeah. I mean, I've watched this rivalry in Alabama and the SEC forever. And, you know, I could probably argue both ways. You know, I, I might, I might argue depending on what the number is first half over um, because, you know, I think Georgia's, probably going to want to come out and 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 I don't want to say put him away early but make a statement I mean make Alabama play from behind and you know I think Alabama probably knows that they're not going to pound the rock on Georgia for three and a half hours so you know they may get a little bold on offense so you know then I could see the second half being super tight because now we really don't want to make a mistake but I could be wrong but that would not surprise me
0: nevertheless we are lucky as watchers and listeners, um, this is basically a preview national championship. Um, these are elite programs, elite coaches, and elite players. So I'm glad we get to view of this one. But uh, I assume this will be the most bet on game. Yes,
1: um, more than likely. I, you know, I, I, although you know, I think what is it, Michigan and Iowa is later that day. So um, I would like to see the handle on the Michigan uh, Iowa game um, after
0: everybody loses their money on Georgia. So. <laughs> It may,
1: it may make it a close bet.
0: Maybe so. Um, but we will move on, Uncle Dave. We have number 21 Houston. They're 11 and 1. This is actually not a neutral side game. They're going to be traveling to Cincinnati, number four in the country in the playoffs. They're 12 and 0, only unbeaten besides Georgia. Opening line, Cincy minus 10.5, over under 55. Current line is Cincy minus 10, over under 52.5. Uncle Dave, if you don't mind, I got to get back on track with the best bet. Is that all right with you? You uh, you got the, you got the wheel, pal. Okay. I am going to be taking under 52 and a half, even though this number has come down a bit. I still like it where it's at. I personally think that the number is just a bit inflated because of how good the offensive numbers for both teams look throughout the year. But if you take into consideration strength of schedule, how good are these offenses compared to somebody from power five conferences? What's not talked about enough is how good the defenses are. Houston is allowing only 19 points per game, while Cincy is allowing 15. This is a big game. This is postseason football, and postseason definitely matters. Uh, you know, Houston wants to knock off Cincinnati, and Cincinnati uh, needs to make a statement to stay in this playoff race. Um, this is this is a big game that I think – that will be closer than what people think since he ranks number three in the nation in red zone defense, uh, and, and, and basically if they bend, they're not going to break. They're also third in the nation in yards allowed per play with 4.3. Houston can score, but it's going to be tough sledding against Cincinnati. In their last matchup in 2020, when they traveled to Cincinnati, they only managed to put up 10 points, while quarterback Clayton Toon, who's going to be starting on Saturday, had a rough day in 2020, only thrown for 189 yards, one, touch, or one interception, and no touchdown. All this leads me to believe that this will be lower than what people think. Also, Cincinnati knows how important this game is. So I do think that they will not try to be flashy here. If they get the lead, I think they will walk the straight and narrow line, pound the football and take the quality win. Uncle Dave, critique me. No. You have to. You're the guru.
1: No, I agree with you. Well, why? Why? For mostly all the reasons you mentioned, I but mean, people want to hear it from your
0: mouth, not mine.
1: As well, no. Well, you can just I can just like put a little check mark next to it. I mean, you know, I mean, we all know what's at stake here. I mean, if I was looking at the side, I don't understand how I don't take a team with with one loss to Texas Tech in week one getting that many points. So, you know, I, I kind of almost default to Houston, but you know, the line's a little scary. I mean, it's one of those ones that it might remind me of that Clemson South Carolina game where where that line is so high for a reason. so, you know, I'm, 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 I'm skeptical and leery. Um, And, you know, when people talk about Cincinnati, all they hear about is Ritter and for great reasons, but, you know, you mentioned it Cincinnati has an elite defense and, you know, so does Houston. So, you know, I hope for both teams it comes down to a kick because both kickers suck. Um, So I actually do think the under in this game is the best bet.
0: Oh, that's a great great. Now, um, now that you agree, it's going to be hard for me to go out for, for me to not go out and take out a small loan to put down on this game. But I think I'll refrain for my wife's sake. Um, let's go ahead and move on to a game that you mentioned earlier. We have number two, Michigan. Uh, they're 11 and one. This is a neutral side game going to be played in Indiana. They're facing number 13, Iowa, who's 10 and two opening line, Michigan minus eight and a half over under 45. Current line is Michigan minus 11 over under 43 and a half. Uncle Dave, I live here in Nebraska and I saw Iowa last week barely skating out a win against uh, a Nebraska team that only has three wins but is much better than that record shows but to be honest in, in, in my short time of paying attention to the Big Ten um, very closely because of where I live, this is the worst I have ever seen this Iowa program when it has injuries with their quarterback, uh, their backfield. Um, they just did not look polished. They did get a win, but big deal is against Nebraska. I think Michigan absolutely pounds them. I don't think 11 is enough.
1: Yeah, I was wishing that they would put this game on at noon and put the Baylor game on at night, but um... – Obviously, ESPN didn't get my memo. I mean, is is there anyone willing to bet on Iowa after what Michigan did last week? I mean, you know, but don't forget they gagged the game to Michigan State and, and they struggled to beat Rutgers. So you know, I don't think Michigan is invincible. um You know, maybe they come in a little overconfident. I guess you know because it's all about right now and what's happening. You know, of course everybody's going to be on Michigan, and you know I'm always going to try to try to not be and. You know, what I don't think happens here, though, is Michigan does anything but, you know, try to put him away early. I mean, they are the better team. Uh, They know Iowa doesn't suck, but they know the longer you leave a big underdog in the game, the more confident they get. So, you know, we also know Iowa just doesn't have an offense built to come from behind. So I could honestly make my biggest bet of the season on Michigan first quarter and maybe Michigan first half because, you know, I don't think they come out and play possum at all. So I, you know, I don't know where it's going to end up late. You know, I'd probably be worried about a back door or something, but, you know, my guess is, you know, Michigan comes out and does everything they can uh, to make this a, a, a one quarter or one half game and have it be over with.
0: Yeah, and Michigan's defense is just absolutely ferocious. Like I said, um, uh, Iowa's quarterback was limping into last game. I think he didn't even make an appearance until they were down in the second quarter. Um, the two def- defensive ends um, that I've mentioned before on the pod that are probably going to be top fifteen picks, I think, are just going to get after this offense. Iowa always boasts a great offensive line. Kirk Ferentz is a great coach, but I just think they're completely outmatched. Um, I don't know how they're going to move the ball. Uh, running back is nice for Iowa, but I don't. I don't know how they're going to I don't know how they're going to put up enough points to keep it within this, within this spread. Um, I'm all over Michigan here. Hopefully Hardball doesn't let us down. We're going to go ahead and move on though. Last game. This is going to run um, in conjunction with that Michigan the game, seven o'clock start. We have number 15 Pittsburgh. They're 10 and two. This is going to be played in North Carolina. They are playing number 16 Wake Forest. Also 10 and two. Opening line is Pitt minus one and a half over under 71. Current line Pitt minus three over under 72 uncle dave i've seen wake forest play somewhat this year and i've seen Pitt play quite a bit Pitt normally doesn't stop a lot of people even though they have that 10-2 record and wake forest can score i'm taking the points and i'm leaning towards the over
1: yeah i don't know about all that um i honestly don't i mean uh, whichever defense gets the last stop is going to win here i mean i think wake right now is the more public team especially after they hammered BC in the game. A lot of sharp people had the Eagles, Um, and yet the Panthers are favored in this game, which I don't know that I really saw that coming. I mean, this is when I actually truly just have to handicap the numbers because, you know, neither coach and neither team has been here before, so finding a trust angle or a history, uh, it just really isn't there. I mean, I think Pitt clearly has the better defense, so if I look no further, that would be the default bet, but, you know, that's obvious. That's factored in. Um, But, you know, defensively, Justin, Wake just sucks against the run. and They're surprisingly decent against the pass. So I think it's going to be incumbent upon Pitt's offense to be a little more patient than maybe they used to be. And I mean, nobody runs on Pittsburgh. uh, And although they're vulnerable against the pass, they're also seventh in sack percentage. So while I now see why Pitt's favored, it's a fairly weak three. uh, But I just can't get to Wake. I, I think Wake needs to play a perfect game where I think Pitt maybe has some leeway. So I actually think Panthers, as far as that huge total, well, it's a night game. I surprisingly warm for Charlotte this time of year. Uh, but needing 11 touchdowns to lose a game, I think I'd have to look at the under. Uh, if I were betting the over, though, with you, I think i like the first half over better uh, because I don't think either team has anything to lose, and I don't think it'll start slow. So that would be my take on that one.
0: Yeah, this is a game that I hope that I've had a really successful day and I could just throw fun money on it and just sit back and enjoy. Um, but, yeah, that over-under scares me. And with it going up, uh, it just led me to believe that Vegas wants you to take the under here. And people love points. People love taking the under – I mean the over, um, especially when we get the casual bettors. Um, okay, Uncle Dave, we don't got a lot of time here. We're going to wrap this up. But there are a few other games. Um, give me one or two pizza bets. People love those pizza bets. I we forgot have, about that. I don't have a
1: big, huge, long board here.
0: It's okay. okay. We got Western Kentucky, UTSA, Kent yeah, no, State. I'm looking at it. I'm
1: okay. All right. All right. How about, um, how about,
0: US- how about Western,
1: Western Kentucky? Okay. Um, oh, we got Villanova and Holy Cross. Um, It's not basketball. No. Um, yeah. I mean, that's my, my default right now is, is basketball.
0: Click your life alert, Uncle Dave. Click your life alert. I know it, huh? I'm thinking thinking that uh, I would probably take Villanova. Okay, Uh, perfect. Hey, bonus pizza bet here on the football pod. You get a basketball. The the problem is
1: the total is only 49, so it'd be a tough one. (laughs) Maybe that would make me default to the Holy Cross team total under. Good luck trying to find that on an FCS game, but (laughs) it's out there. I'll pass Montana. Um, The other game, though, Kent Northern Illinois. I forgot that. Well. You know, the money and the tickets say can't, so does a the line a little bit. Um, I think they are slightly the better team, but Northern Illinois has burned me, so I will take them. Um, App State, UL, Lafayette. I'm thinking App State probably is the right side, but I'll pass. Um you want Prairie View Jackson State?
0: No, no, no. I want the new profound USC with tons of motivation. Now,
1: you know, I looked at that game, and at first I, you know, before the whole Riley thing came down, I was like, well, shit, I'm just gonna take Cal. And, and that's kind of what everybody did. So, you know, I, I I'm I'm probably gonna take your money and pass. I mean, you know, I, I suppose that could get them excited and make them want to play. Um, you know, but you know, it is sort of the the makeup game that's meaningless if you will um it's certainly meaningless for cal it's probably not for usc and and uh, players that want to play for lincoln next year so you know uh, if that line holds at four and a half um i probably would pass i think that would be one i would wait and see what the what the market does and i'll be honest with you full disclosure i'm not a rocket scientist i would probably wait until like um like 10 o'clock eastern time or 10 30 eastern time when maybe some of those other games are getting final and i would watch the board light up with with money on one side or the other and that would just be public money taking you know trying to make that money back uh, and i would take the other side
0: i gotcha well it's going to be a great day um i'm going to be either extremely sad or happy saturday night but at least i will have lived right uncle dave
1: Yeah, and I I mean, I don't really care what happens
0: Saturday night. Once Alabama beats Georgia, it's a moot point. Right. Those for for those of you that don't. Uh, i guess follow uncle dave or have seen his face and maybe you're just a listener because i know some people they're not social media active but they listen to you on like car rides and stuff uncle dave is the perfect description of the guy in the fedora slapping the newspaper on his knee watching the race from mumbai in um, downtown boston <laughs> i thought you were going like bear brian at first <laughs> <laughs> I was just
1: talking about uh, the degenerate on the I'm, track now I'm that innocuous bit actor in a in 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 a in a in a grade B movie
0: well no I more so see you like the guy from uh, the Seinfeld episode when they were talking about he's got an inside tick because um, one of the horses his mother was a mutter he goes his mutter was a mutter he goes yeah his mutter was a mutter uh, <laughs> then, I thought you
1: would- when you said Seinfeld I thought you were going to talk about that issue where they had to go as long as they could, without playing with
0: themselves, for oh gosh, no, no, you know, I could,
1: I could get into that game for sure. <laughs>
0: you would win. I don't know about, I don't know about the B movie horse track. Guys, please don't forget to check out bettingpredators.com. They have tons of great stuff over there. Props, picks, um, fantasy advice, season-long and daily. Uh, The Mad Journalist and Sleepy are doing their work over there along with other great people. They have amazing content. So please go check them out. They have free and premium advice. Also, don't forget to go and support Dave. He is on pregame. He sells all his premium stuff on pregame.com. He has a lot of stuff up right now. He has daily picks. So uh, make sure you guys go support him over there if you want all of his picks, not just the free ones that you get here. Uncle Dave, I do want to mention we had a very nice listener reach out to us on Twitter showing us that he was in the number one percentile of listenership this week. And I just want to say not only to him, but everybody, we appreciate the listeners so much because without them, this would not be possible. Yes?
1: Yeah, I mean, like 100%. I mean, I, I know uh, I know a lot of people say a lot of things. And, you know, I, for one, like really appreciate uh, people like that reaching out. Um, I mean, it's, you know, most people don't take the time to say anything. They just take it for granted. So, you know, I, I'm totally all about um, people like Richard and other ones just reaching out with, with good stuff once in a while because,
0: you know, most people
1: don't take the time. So kudos for that.
0: Dave finds out how much listeners he actually has when he loses his three-star bet of the day. <laughs> Ain't that right? Pretty much. Yeah. So no love lost there. But it's Christmas time, so be easy, guys. This is free content. Once again, you can find me on Twitter at CoachJRod1. You can find the professional himself at Dave underscore Essler. Guys, good luck, and hopefully it's profitable championship week.